everyone, it's Lou from Sober Free and Being Me. Thank you for finding me and welcome to my podcast. Each week I will be speaking to other like-minded people to discover what it was like for them during their drinking days, why they decided to quit and what their life is like now they're sober. In between each episode you'll find me on Instagram at Sober Free and Being Me. During this episode, which is in fact my first one, I thought it was only right that you lovely lot got to know a little bit more about me. I will be speaking candidly on my own difficulties with alcohol and facing my own rock bottom, and why I decided enough was enough and how I took the plunge into sobriety and changed my life for the better. So without further ado, let's get started. So I guess it makes sense to start from the beginning. Um, I grew up in the 80s in a little town in Bedfordshire um, where everyone knew each other, everyone knew each other's business, you know, a typical little village really. Um, I've got a younger sister. I grew up with mum and dad who were still together until I was about 17 or 18. We did normal family things, you know, didn't really want for anything. Um, and yeah, life was pretty good, I suppose, when I look back. Um, my school life was kind of, uh, how can we say it? Well, I loved PE and sports and everything, but I wasn't really keen on academic subjects, you know, doing exams, revision and that kind of thing, because I found it really hard to concentrate and, and take stuff in. Um, I had a lot of anxiety and I wasn't great at making friends, to be honest. Um, I just felt like I didn't really fit in, I suppose, with other people my own age. So I was on my own quite a lot um, after school and things as well. But I tended to hang around with older people. Like I loved walking around my lower school arm in arm with my dinner lady, Mrs Emery. <laughs> She used to give me like sweets and everything and she's had a right old chit chat and I thought I was the bee's need, like walking around patrolling the playground with uh, Mrs Emery. Um, and likewise, after school, I'd go round to another teacher's house who used to teach us tapestry and things called Mrs Wilson. I'd go round and sit and watch Countdown with her and stuff and eat her biscuits and you know, loved it, you know, if I wasn't there, I was at my nan's, or I was kicking a ball against the house, or playing basketball, or tennis, or something, um, and yeah, I loved being with older people when I was younger, and I don't know if that was because they were less of a threat, you know, I didn't have anything to prove, they were really accepting of people, I just felt really comfortable around older people, um, so in order to kind of combat the anxiety and that sort of feeling of not fitting in during school, I would use humour to kind of deflect how I was feeling a lot of the time. So I'd be the class clown, I'd take the mickey quite a lot and do mimes and mimics and impressions and things and just generally muck around. And I soon realised that I would get a lot of laughs doing this, you know, so I kept doing it because obviously... I wanted to make people laugh, I wanted to be popular, and that kind of thing. And that was kind of how all my schooling days went. Making people laugh, doing the bare minimum, loving sport, and kind of just running around with a sense of anxiety all the time, basically. Um, so I left school at 
16. I didn't really get very good GCSE results. Um, I didn't want to go to uni. I just wanted to get a job. So I did go to college for a few, well, it must have been a couple of months. Um, but I got the taste of alcohol when I was at college. So I was about 16 and I'd go to college, do like a couple of lectures and things. And then at lunchtime, I'd go down the gay pub called Clarence um, and have a couple of drinks and play pool and stuff. And I got chatting to people and I made friends and had such a laugh. And I finally felt like, wow, this is where I belong, you know. Um, and it just kind of took off from there. So I'd go to college, do the bare minimum, and then at lunchtime, go and have a few drinks, play some pool and then to be honest, never really go back and complete the lectures. So after three or four months, the college lecturer was kind of like, we're going to have to ask you to leave. You know, you clearly don't want to be here and things. And that was fine by me. Um, so I left and got some menial jobs like call centres and things like that just to get a bit of money. But the money was kind of there to, for me to go and spend on alcohol. You know, I was still kind of just living at home at this time. Um, and I just got into a relationship with someone. They were at uni and living in like a student house. So I thought, wow, this is brilliant, you know. So I moved in with them shortly after my mum and dad split up. And I think back, when I look back now, it did kind of affect me. But at the time, I didn't really think of it in that way. So... The drinking fueled, you know, I went out midweek doing karaoke and getting drunk and then at weekends and things. And it was fun at the beginning, but then, you know, I became really nasty, like when I was drunk. So I would say like really horrible things to people. And I think probably to make myself feel better because I didn't really have very high self-esteem and stuff. Um, so I would say horrible things to people, you know um cheat on people like when I was in a relationship I'd love getting attention from other people you know and I wouldn't really give the time of day to the person I was going out with at the time so I wasn't really nice at all and I really did only care about myself and you know where the next drink was coming from um I always had a job but I struggled to stick at a job so I'd have a job in a call center or something give it a couple of weeks get a bit of money get bored then leave and find another job and this pattern of behavior between chopping and changing of relationships chopping and changing of jobs and generally just bouncing around life continued throughout my 20s really um as i say the drinking made me feel like this spectacular person with like an abundance of confidence and things um and that's why i think i continued drinking you know um, I loved going out, I loved the social aspect of it, midweek trips to London, like on my own, ending up in Soho and then ending up someone's house who I'd never met before and then kind of coming home the next day thinking, who the hell was that, what the hell have I done, you know, no recollection of anything and this is kind of where the blackout started as well, where I would lose hours of time and kind of not know what I'd said or done or things like that and it was carnage it was risk taking I kind of thrived on it for a while you know I lost my driving license in my 20s due to drink driving and all these consequences started to kind of creep up I suppose um towards the end of my 20s in 2012 I ended up going to rehab because I just couldn't cope anymore and knew that I had an issue 
um and I wanted to kind of tackle it head on and kind of get the help I needed because I was becoming sort of psychotic and things at that point under the influence and kind of getting lost and not knowing where I was and having to get the police to come and pick me up and take me home and um you know I was quite suicidal and I was self-harming a lot and I was just full of self-loathing basically um and I just had had enough so yeah I went to rehab for about two months and I thrived I loved it you know I did all the steps uh we went to loads of meetings and when I first hit AA I just knew yeah you've got an issue you know you suffer with alcoholism and I want to get it sorted and this was kind of where I felt at home with other people who were in the same boat as me as me and I think as well it was the first time I recognized that you know I do have a problem with alcohol um I was willing to crack on with the steps in the club you know in the clinic and things um I really did enjoy my time in there a lot learned a lot about myself and what alcoholism is and things and obviously you're kind of in a bit of a cocoon in there until you get out into the real world and when I left a couple of months later I stuck with it got a sponsor loved going to the meetings I was going to like a meeting probably every day I made loads of AA friends and stuff and then I just fell out of love with it again and I picked up a few months later and that's kind of where it left me in my 20s um I drunk for sort of another seven years and things spiraled a little bit further I would say so yeah as I said uh, the drinking continued up until kind of my mid-30s by then I'd done another geographical and got another job and got into a new relationship because that always seemed to curb my drinking before so why wouldn't it this time um and yeah things just progressively started up again so there'd be rows with the partner and the in-laws nastiness vicious with the words losing things when I was out and about lost my license again you know and I just became miserable basically my anxiety spiraled to a point of you know I would take loads of time off work because I was constantly worrying that I wasn't doing a very good job um I'd be found out you know um imposter syndrome imposter syndrome to another level basically um, I stopped going out and kind of looking after myself and I just became a bit of a recluse and things and that obviously wasn't healthy in a relationship for me either so we decided enough was enough and I moved out got my own place um, and yeah started again really so this was in 2018 um, got my own place and lived completely on my own for the first time which I loved initially because it meant I could sort of go out in the week and not have anyone on ask me, oh, you're drinking again. You know, I could kind of go out with a couple of friends, have a few drinks. And if I came back, like, in a, in a complete state, no one was there to kind of see how bad my drinking was. So that kind of suited me, to be honest. Um, and there came a point in 2018 when, sorry, 2019, I keep thinking it's 2018, it was the August bank holiday and the weather was glorious and uh, I thought, you know what, I'm going to go up the pub for a few on my own because there was no one else around and I thought, what's the worst that could happen? Um, anyway, uh, I was ordering gin and gin and gin and gin, one after the other and I must have had like six or seven doubles before one o'clock in the afternoon and 
yeah, from then on, everything became blank. Um, all I do know is that I woke up in a police cell the next day because I'd done some criminal damage and I'd got lost walking home and blah 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 and I had like a broken ankle and a broken toe and everything else in between. And when I woke up in that police cell the next morning, I can't explain it in any other way than it was just like my absolute rock bottom. I just thought to myself, I don't ever want to drink again and I don't want to live like this anymore. And I had so much time to reflect in those police cells that it just felt like something beyond my control kind of took over me and made the decision for me that I was never going to, you know, pick up another drink and I was going to tackle this head on. Um, so, yeah, I wound up in an AA meeting a couple of days later in the lovely town of Newbury, where I'm currently living. Um, <clears throat> as soon as I walked in, I got that feeling again, like I did when I was in the rehab, that this is my pe- these are my people, this is where I belong, I'm at home, I'm at peace. And you know what? Whatever I've done in my drinking days, other people have done exactly the same, if not worse. I'm not going to be judged. This is exactly where I need to be and the only place I'm ever going to get help. So... I walked in with my ankle in like a tubey grip, a broken toe and a big boot on. I looked a right bloated mess. And I just remember being the newcomer, getting loads of numbers, all the women flocking around me as you do. And uh, yeah, met a lovely woman who I asked to be my sponsor further down the line. Got into loads of meetings again. I was loving it. Um, Made loads of AA friends. Cracked on with the steps started to sort of feel better about myself you know I wasn't missing the drinking you know the the good thing about kind of my recovery and I'm really grateful for this is when I made that sort of conscience conscious decision to stop drinking it lifted and it went ever since I didn't get any cravings which I know can be really difficult if you do get the cravings in your early days so I was really grateful about that Um, So yeah, AA was a massive part of my recovery for the first year or so. Um, Making amends to people, getting to that step nine, which I was absolutely dreading, looking at the scrolls on the walls in the meetings, thinking, no, not going to do it. You know, my step eight and my step nine and making that amends with my family, you know, after putting them through what I'd put them through and saying sorry and opening up and things was like the best thing ever you know, my family now trust me, love me and everything else and don't have to ever worry about me, you know, getting hurt, going missing, stealing, ending up in a prison cell, stuff like that. They know that I've changed and I am truly sorry for everything I've done. Um, Our relationships have gone from strength to strength. So my relationship with my dad is the best it's ever been and my mum and my sister, to be honest. Um, you know, my partner has stuck by me since the day she picked me up from that police cell with a face of thunder. She absolutely scared the shit out of me. Um, and she's stuck by me ever since, you know, and life is bloody good. We've just brought a house together. We've been together nearly five years. You know, we're both in stable jobs. We both have so many hobbies that we love doing together. And, you know, I love my, con- my, I love my life. I love doing 
basic things, you know, um, waking up early, going to bed early, doing a puzzle, having the radio on, baking together, you know, getting my car cleaned, going food shopping, all these basic things I would have thought back in the day are so boring. Why would anyone want to do them? I absolutely love. And it's that safety of knowing that I, you know, have control over my faculties now and I don't ever have to feel out of control again if I don't want. Um, yeah, I don't get anxiety anymore, really. Um, I did have other help from that with CBT and stuff, but that's dampened loads. You know, I try new things now and if it goes wrong, it goes wrong. You know, um, I live a comfortable life of just being free and I think that's the only way I can describe it. I feel free from the burden of alcohol ever having to pick up a drink again and that's good enough for me um yeah uh the other brilliant benefits are i have true friends now not drinking friends true friends from aa obviously i get to learn about other people's sobriety stories and everything which i absolutely love and i find it really helpful um i think it's important to share your experience with other people so we can all help each other um and I'm present, so like when I'm around people, I'm not kind of vacant and thinking of other things, like when can I get my next drink and cancelling people when I've arranged to meet up with them, you know. I meet people when I say I'm going to meet them. I commit to engagements that I say I'm going to do, you know, and things like that. I don't shy away from things. I give things a bloody good go. And if it works out, it's great. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. And I'm also more confident in myself. Like I will say what I think in kind of a diplomatic way but I'm not afraid to say the truth and feel say how I feel whereas before I would kind of you know shy away from it um life's really good it's you know it's life on life's terms it's not a bed of roses things come up struggles come up but I know how to deal with them now and I can cope without having to pick a drink up um yeah, I don't really know what else to say, but hopefully that's given you an overview of what my life was like when I was drinking, why I chose to stop drinking and what it's like now. Um, yeah, I really appreciate you guys listening in. Please give me feedback because this is my first ever podcast. Um, going forward, I'll have one every week and hopefully I'll have a new guest on every week talking about their experience when they were drinking, why they quit and what their life is like now. So stay tuned in, keep following my podcast, give me a follow on Instagram and yeah, keep sharing guys. Thank you so much. I'll speak to you soon. Thanks for listening everyone. If you'd like to be on my podcast, please contact me directly on Instagram at soberfree and be and me you can either direct message me or follow the link in my bio complete the form and i'll get back in touch to book you in thanks so much <laughs>